0: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of that's what people do you are as always joined by me ryan mcgown and with me this week i've got james k as always hello james hello good hello, to be here again good good week after week now we are doing this which i'm i'm actually finding it hard to like fit it into the schedule weirdly
1: yeah like your your schedule is busy whereas mine is like you ask me what i'm doing day to day and i'll be like i'm i'm
0: nothing <laughs> nothing um yeah for those who don't work, no. I'm, st- I'm still working during this pandemic uk everyone's pretty much not working now um uh, but i am still working so i'm still going out still yeah
1: I, I would say this podcast is probably the only thing i do every week <laughs> i sometimes do like a quiz in the evening with friends which is what i've got tonight but like is that like house party that, or zoom yeah, Zoom. Zoom's the way forward. They're, they're killing it at the minute. Aren't Zoom selling everyone's information, though? I did not know that, but I don't have much information to sell, they, so I sell away.
0: I think they said, like, 40 million subscribers have had their data breached uh, using Zoom because it's not secure enough. Well. And they're all being sold on the dark web. Did not know that. I'll
1: look into that after we're have done. Have a look at that, uh, and maybe look at House Party. <laughs> Uh, I deleted House Party because of all the hacking things. And also, it was oh, fucking man. annoying. Did you have the app on your phone? I've, n- I've not had any of them. Oh, it was the most annoying app. Every time someone would like log in, it would be like, oh, say you got it, it would be like, oh, Ryan's in the house. Every time. So right. if you kept closing the app and reopening it, it would keep giving a fucking notification. Brilliant. And like, it was stressing me out, so I had to get rid of it. <laughs> um, and also, the connection was really poor. Like, just use FaceTime video. So, uh, so much better.
0: Interesting. So yeah, um, we usually meet up once a month, we pre-plan it, we're like, right, this is the day we're going to meet up, and then I'll go to James's, or James will come to mine, and then we spend all day, we record all four episodes, and we have to basically forget about it for the month. James just uploads, and I do the social media, that's pretty much how it goes. Um, But obviously, we can't meet up at all at the moment, so we're having to do it week by week on the interwebs, and uh, Mm. uh, yeah, we're having to just this is this is quite new for us that like we're trying to find time in the week to get it done rather than just dedicating a whole day to it
1: it's going to be very interesting when things go back to normal when we decide to, to go back to normal
0: yeah yeah uh journeys long journeys again love that yeah i just quite like the I wonder journey, when that's honest.
1: going to come I i like hopefully it's soon but it might be a few months yet
0: yeah so i look forward to that guys we might have some better audio quality from me coming um Right, I think it sounds alright. To be fair, like I haven't noticed any issues. Hmm. Let us know, guys, if uh, there's any change in the quality for you guys. Um, I, I, I don't. I, th- I think we're on episode forty. I think this is episode forty. I, oh, we lost
1: count. We've done so
0: many. Yeah, I noticed that I stopped mentioning it every episode. Well, so I can't bother to mention the numbers. Um,
1: I'll quickly look it up let's have a look. The only, yeah,
0: thing, I, um, the only thing, that is is positive. Obviously, if we are in forty, that means we're only twelve away from doing this for a whole year.
1: When did we start? It was, I think, on our own. August. We started in yeah August, July. I think we started discussing it.
0: That's right. I think we started in August. Um, and if it if it, I think we started in August with some help. And I think maybe officially, we, uh, solo episodes went out in September when we were doing it off our own backs.
1: Yeah. So how, how many episodes have we done? What...
0: It may be forty.
1: This is episode 40.
0: This I believe is episode 40. That's cool. Yes it is. Yes it is. This is episode 40.
1: And August 23rd I believe was our first upload of by ourselves.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. Wow, bloody hell. This is it is, it is really going quick.
1: Yeah, man. This last year like so much has happened. Not nice stuff has happened, but it's uh flying by. March went really slow, but have you noticed that April just is like Oh, go on. going
0: so quick Gone. it's what it's the 22nd which i'm really happy
1: about yeah i really want this next shitstorm month two months three months wherever it's going to be just to fuck like fuck off as quick as possible mm. yeah it's going very very quick i think it's because in march everyone was like oh this is scary this is new and now everyone's like weirdly kind of at peace with it
0: mm. yeah do you remember the world cup summer how good that was let's just
1: oh that was best time of my life
0: yeah that was a time
1: that was so good. I'd I'd kill a man to go back to
0: that time. Moment of silence for the World Cup summer. Mm. Excellent. Right, let's crack on with the pod, <laughs> shall we? Uh, last week we spoke about the Cadbury family, or uh, was it was it Cadbury? Cadbury family. Um, yeah, Cadbury. John Cadbury and how his weird long line of Cadbury families have uh, invented a town and taken the world over with chocolate. And it's now American, which means it inevitably is going to get worse. Uh, Oh yeah, for sure. This week we are sticking with food, but this time we are not going with the lovely sumptuous chocolate that is a treat for you all. We're going for what is the pinnacle uh, of eating breakfast cereals. And who better in the breakfast cereal world than Kellogg's? We've all heard of Kellogg's, but who's the man behind the name Kellogg's? And why is it like an autograph? I don't know that, but it is his autograph. We are talking about a man called Mr. John Harvey Kellogg, who sports a very fantastic moustache. Have a quick look online, James. Uh, Check out the picture. We'll have to upload a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely. I mean, as you know, pictures on social media, you all know what they look like. uh, But some of this picture I've got here, he's got a fantastic moustache and beard going on. Funny, I could grow something like that. Um, loads of isolation beards going on at the moment And they look awful Mine
1: is fucking dreadful yeah. Like really really bad Like I was hoping to get like a Chris Hemsworth thing going on Brilliant. But I've just turned into Mr Tumnus Brilliant <laughs> uh, okay. Oh bloody hell that's a fantastic moustache It is isn't it that's a really, really good mustache. He he maintained it as well through throughout life.
0: Yeah, uh, before you some it, pictures, he kind of looks like
1: Colonel Sanders.
0: Yes, yes, there is a bit of that. Uh, if, if, for those listening, if you haven't yet seen the picture, uh, imagine if you have seen Blackout of Fourth. Um, he's like uh, General Melchid's beard uh, mustache in that. It's very like pushed back on his face, and it's flicking up. It's fantastic. Anyway.
1: I've just seen a headline here, I don't know if you'll get onto this, but it says cornflakes were part of John Harvey Kellogg's anti-masturbation crusade.
0: Ooh, spoilers.
1: Is that part of this? Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. But we will get onto that.
1: Oh, good. We'll talk about masturbation later. I told you the story's a bit
0: bizarre. Yeah, I didn't
1: expect wanking
0: to be brought up, but let's crack on. Yeah, let's. Uh, So, John Harvey Kellogg, he was born February 26th, 1852 in Tyrone, Michigan, to John and Jeanette Kellogg. He was one of 17 siblings. His dad, John... That's a lot of siblings. Yeah, his dad, John, was a very busy man. He was married previously and had six kids before the wife died. And then he married uh, John Harvey's mother, um, Jeanette, and then had a further 11 children with her.
1: Bloody oh, no! I know. That just didn't stop. No,
0: he's got nothing else to do, apparently. Um. So John's father, John, was a member of the Seventh Day Adventist Church and believed.
1: Ah, wow, we've covered that before. We have briefly. With...
0: Who was that? We went over with.
1: Oh, What's his? Desmond Doss. Desmond Dos. That's
0: right. There we go. It's all linking in. So yeah, he yeah. was Seventh Day Adventist and uh, believed that the ch- the return of Christ was imminent, and so a formal education was not needed. Apparently, Jesus is the best guy to be teaching your kids. Um, but... I imagine he'd be good at RE. Well, imagine I don't know if he'd be good at like IT. Well, no, imagine him teaching sex education. Yeah, don't do it! Don't do it! Do it, don't tell anyone, and let people think you did. Like, yeah, is... well, he's the
1: fucking product of an
0: affair, so... One, he's the product of an affair, and he was supposedly having a bit of a fl- was married to um an ex sex worker mary magdalene right
1: yeah um, um, yeah D- didn't yeah
0: didn't they marry i think they marry that's the story they were isn't in it? Get-
1: they were involved they were, i don't really know i'm not very they were good rather at my intimate. She,
0: she, she she had a foot fetish cuz she got to wash his feet didn't she that's horrific <laughs> imagine that jesus had kinks <laughs>
1: I imagine he did. He's a he was a human being like the rest of us. Yeah,
0: man. You know when he's on that cross, he was getting off on it. Like he had a rock eyed bone when yeah, he's he was getting that it. nail put into his hand. <laughs> weird guy. Anyway, so uh, although the Kellogg's kids, which sounds weird, sounds like some sort of like promotion that the cereal company are doing, uh, the Kellogg's kids did go to a school, um, but it was like a basic primary school where they were just taught to barely read and write and. You know, and at the age of 10, Kellogg was taken out of school and that was to help Daddy Kellogg with the broom factory that they had. Make you- People need brooms. People do need brooms, particularly at a time when there are no vacuums. So you've got to sweep something. So John Harvey Kellogg initially has not gone to school. He The only schooling he's had is to learned how to read and write his own name and that's about it. At the age of 10, he's now a working man. And at 12, uh was taken under the wing of a guy called James White. This guy was married to the prophetic leader of the Seventh-day Adventists. Uh, Her name was Ellen Harmon. So they're all in this cult. And then the person who's in charge of the cult, Ellen, her husband has taken young John at the age of 12 under his arm. Uh, His plan was to get the young Kellogg to learn all he could about printing, which was their business, uh, with the intention of getting their gospel out to as many people as possible, um, you know the whole like oh Jesus is coming, don't you know that kind of stuff? Um, let's utilize that, and get yeah. it, get the word out about the Seventh Day Adventists, and you're gonna ha- you're gonna learn this and be like my protege or whatever it is. So um, initially, it turns out Kellogg actually enjoyed this work. Uh, he enjoyed reading and working with the printing press. Um, And, obviously, working with a printing press means that you have all the reading materials at your disposal, which helped him, because, obviously, he's only just about got an education to learn how to read. He has no other formal education, so this sort of is his education, in a way.
1: I feel like this is a theme. Like, most great people who have gone on to do big things have had a really shit education.
0: Yeah, they're generally self-taught.
1: So, I feel like when I, God forbid, have children... I'm going to have a few and one of them I'm just not going to teach and I'm just going to let them be just do what they want to do growing up because that will be the one that goes on to do amazing well, things. Well no
0: no, you can't give them nothing. You have to give them just enough.
1: I'll let them read and write. Yeah, let, let them learn how to read certain and write. A degree. And then something really obscure like they'd be really good at Latin.
0: Interesting. Yeah, they can only read Latin.
1: And then just see what happens. I would fuck that kid up. for There's life. actually
0: a story of a guy who's he's a he's a linguist, and he brought his son up to only speak Klingon to him. Is that a form of child abuse? Well, I don't know because it would be like say if you had a parent one spoke French, one spoke English, and they couldn't. You know, it's just like that, isn't it? Really. Um, so he he was a linguist and could speak like uh, air quotes fluent uh Klingon obviously is, is, is a, can, a, a ever evolving language that is not fully formed yet at all which is weird considering it's so old and yet Dothraki from Game of Thrones is more fleshed out than that and it's newer um yeah. you can even learn Valyrian which I found cool. anyway he uh yeah he, he the child the child was allowed to speak whatever was their native tongue to the mother but only to the dad uh he could only commune with him via Klingon he didn't no, like the kid didn't know that he could speak English to the dad, and the dad would only speak Klingon to him. And apparently, the kid was like, you know, he was like a fluent second speaker in in Klingon. Um, but inevitably, he noticed that the kid, like, I think it was like just stopped speaking Klingon and would only choose to speak one language over the other more. I think that's I think that's how it ended out. And then the dad was like,
1: because he probably got heavily bullied for only being able to speak Klingon. Well, no,
0: I suppose he could speak English to other people or whatever language it was, but only to the dad could he speak Klingon. And I think his dad was trying to like That's figure out. I think like so I can't remember what it was, but it was a really interesting sort of experiment. But should you be experimenting on your children? Not sure. Yeah, it's in grey area that. Yeah, very grey. Um, so yeah, uh, John Harvey Kellogg. He's young. He's impressionable. He's been taken under the wing by the man of the lady of the cults. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't call it that. Anyway, um, and he's reading as many books as he can while he's learning to use a reading printing press. Unfortunately, the reading material is all a bit wanky and half-baked religious nonsense that obviously they're trying to dispel. Um, you know, we we'll love a good storybook, but these are the books that really he's reading. It's, it's, a lot of it's just religious stuff, not sort of sciencey bits and that. Like, I don't know, Newton reading a book on gravity. I know. it's just yeah. a lot of its religiously bits so but, but these books however were almost self-help books preaching ways uh to live so like give up alcohol for christ so your prophetic visions can't be blamed on being drunk uh remain abstinent and let your penis shrivel and die because jesus never used his so why do you need to have yours um try being vegetarian ignore the fact that the bible says animals were put on the earth for humans to eat these things were becoming popular movements for the religious group um so give up all these things become a healthy human being it makes you closer to god that was sort of their philosophy like we got that with desmond doss as well he was a vegetarian and like anti-violence as well wasn't he um obviously we spoke last week i'm reading I'm currently going through the King James Bible. Um,
1: oh, yeah. How are you getting on with
0: that? Yeah. It, I'll be honest with you. It's not, it's not very put together very well narratively. There's, there's like big leaps. There's like uh, Adam and Eve. And then there's like a big list of the characters that are going to feature in this story. And it was like, oh, and all the, all the people that lived here were very nasty. So God decided that I'm going to kill them all with a flood. And Noah... Uh, you're just just drunk bloke sitting on the floor wanting to shake your daughter you can be the man who built a big ship for me please and it's like hold on a minute how did we get to that bit there's no like filler it's like yeah. chapters 5 to 13 we've just taken out hmm. really weird Yeah, it's not very well connected no no um but uh weirdly in genesis obviously i did just mention that like you know, in the Bible it does say that animals were put there for humans to eat. It doesn't say that necessarily. I'm taking the piss a bit. It does say that um, God says something, Adam. And he's like, I've given you every single plant and every single like sort of, yeah, every single, single plant that bears food. That is your meat. He literally says your meat, which I found interesting, which is probably where the Seventh Day Adventists have got this idea of if you have become a vegetarian, you don't eat meat. You'll become closer to God because God initially told Adam that you should basically be a vegetarian, right? But why is it called meat? Well, I don't know, but he he says this: "This shall be your meat." But give it. I think it's like another four or five pages later. He also then says to Adam, it's like, oh yeah, all these animals, yeah, um, they're yours. Basically, you can do what you want with them. Um, they're basically they're there to serve you in any way you wish." Which obviously is where people can then say, "Well, as as the dominant." of the animal we are allowed to do what we want with it uh, to sustain our needs and if eating it sustains our needs why not do it so you've got like a two arguments from one bloody book
1: if adam and eve were the first two people does that mean everyone who has followed is a product of incest yes
0: yes yes um, <clears throat> that's something that i find gets overlooked quite a lot it's like adam well, that's just not good eve, really like, yeah but if there's only two of them they have uh, they can only have sex with yourselves. so
1: they'd have like a children like a boy and a girl whatever and their offspring have to then, and then
0: reproduce with something
1: that's fucked isn't there a character called Ruth as well who's that
0: I don't know I don't think I've come across a Ruth
1: I'm sure I don't know I'm sure there was something about someone gets formed out of the rib of someone else oh that's or... Eve what That mate so people
0: Oh, I'm not going to bash people oh, you're religion, thinking about Adam's fucking... first wife
1: what oh yeah he has another one yeah so adam and eve aren't the first two people there was adam and ruth there was uh, her
0: name's lilith
1: woman one why why yeah Lil- this book doesn't make sense man. Uh, but
0: to be fair Lil- lilith comes from uh the uh jewish mythology um more than like the uh, sort of the western christianity version that we w- w- would know um but yeah she's like his first wife she's created at the same time as him from the same clay that adam was created out of um right and i can't remember what happens to her but she i think she like she's she's supposed to be like his servant she does basically everything he wants her to do like she's like uh, i think god created two of them and it was just like um oh yeah like she's there to serve you adam he's like right, cool and i think she gets a bit like uh, a bit suffragette and was like no nah, get fucked i can do whatever you can do and then i think she either gets cast away or something and i think maybe she becomes the serpent or something like that i don't know but then eve is created from adam's rib after that
1: right like how do people believe this man like
0: yeah man i, I don't know it's crazy but we are somewhat divulging but oh yeah but serial but cereal. yes this religion is obviously you know um as, as much as I, I maybe shit on it, if you believe, man, do what you want with it. Um, and and without it, we, we wouldn't have a cereal. So take that. James White. Yes, the man who has taken uh, John Harvey Kellogg under his wing. James White and his protege Kellogg were becoming very, very close and they grew quite the father and son bond working together. So much so that the leader of the church and the wife of James, uh, Ellen, who was obviously the leader of the church said that their relationship was uh, closer that James uh, closer than James was with his own children. So over the years, these beliefs and ideologies would cement into Kellogg's mind. So be a vegetarian, um, don't drink alcohol, all this sort of stuff will help you become uh, a better Adventist and become closer to God and all that sort of stuff. So when he was 16, he decided that he actually wanted to teach and began to teach children at a district school in Michigan where he grew up. When he turned 20 in 1872, he enrolled onto a teacher training course. But the Adventist movement had other plans for their beloved protege. Kellogg, along with four other young people in the community, were convinced to join Russell Traul's Hygiotherapeutic College in New Jersey on a six-month medical course. Uh, the idea was to have trained doctors within the movement possibly to give the movement more validity um sort of to the doctrine and whatever um you know yeah. so it it makes more it, it looks better to say ah oh, you know you're all i don't know i don't know We've got skilled workers and professionals who believe this sort of stuff as well. They, we've got skilled workers and professionals are, so they day Adventists, and it gives them more credence, I suppose, to say, oh, well, a doctor's going for it. A doctor believes it, and why not? Um, I think, moreover, as well, because they're a bit of a community that sort of maybe lived within themselves. Um, it would make more sense to have an actual doctor in in the community just to look after everyone as well. And obviously, he's a reader, catalogue, He knows sort of. He can read, and he's quite an intelligent person. It makes more sense to get him to do that as well.
1: So, that seems like a good basis for a health I think system. So. Who can read
0: yeah. you? You're a doctor. Um, so, Kellogg was interested in studying the prevention of illness more so than sort of like curing it and that. Um,
1: Which, yeah, we're all very topical.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what's they say? Like prevention. I forgot what the phrase is like prevention over cure or something anyway after his six month yeah. course the religious movement funded further study at the University Medical School in Michigan and then on to New York University in you guessed it New York by 1970 not 19 by 1875 Kellogg had graduated and was officially a medical doctor, an MD. He would soon become the director of Western Health Reform Institute, renaming it the Battle Creek Medical Surgery... Oh, man. The the Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanitarium. It's too long. It doesn't need to be that long. Just call it Battle Creek Sanatorium. But no, it's Battle Creek Medical Surgical Sanatorium. (sighs) That's yes, because you know, more words make it if you if you can't read it, it's probably smarter than you are. Yeah. Um, now this place became a medical resort slash hotel that at the height of its popularity welcomes between twelve to fifteen thousand people every year, including some very famous faces like a Thomas Edison, a Henry Ford, and an Amelia Earhart. It was an impressive facility, but I will get onto that a bit more later on. So, cool. He's now officially a medical doctor, and he's now the director of a sanatorium, a sort of like a, a, a clinic, if you will, and it's a rather popular one. But before all of that, John Kellogg met and married a 29-year-old Ella Eaton in 1879 and boy was their wedding night a busy one you think Kellogg's dad had 17 children he was a busy man yeah Kellogg the younger John Harvey would put his dad to shame guess how many he had
1: so if his dad had 17 um, 23
0: okay final answer yeah Incorrect. He had no children. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not biologically, anyway. Uh, John, Har- John Harvey Kellogg was abstinent, remember? <laughs> no sex. That, uh, that's that that's the sense. thing. So, and uh, Ella, being part of the Seventh-day Adventists as well, was also celibate. Yeah. So they both were adamant they would keep their vows of celibacy and never touched each other.
1: What, even when married? Even when married, even on their wedding night. But I'm sure once you're married, you can do whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but they decided to be uh, abstinent, and that, that's that. Once they've made you that say route, abstinent, oh, that's it.
1: I call it boring.
0: <laughs> I call it missing out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they would not have any biological children, but they would go on to adopt eight children and bring them that's up nice. as their own. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with the celibacy. Like, if you are celibate, fine. I just think you're potentially missing out. It's
1: there's quite... a there's a very few pleasures in life, and that's probably one of the main ones. Yes, that
0: and I don't know chocolate, like we said last yeah, week. Yeah, eating
1: and, and drinking and just having a good uh, old
0: time. Yeah, and England beating Colombia in the penalties in yeah, 2018. That yeah.
1: was that was the most euphoric moment.
0: Fantastic. Anyway, right, back to it. Religion was ever present in Kellogg's medic- medicine, medical and scientific world. Um, do you know what it is? It, I wrote medicinal, but it's cut off because it's at the end of the page. So it's M-E slash D, and then it's like dekinal decinal, and I was like, trying to medicinal. figure out yeah medicinal Uh, so yes religion i'll start again religion was ever present in kellogg's medicinal and scientific world science and religion was at this time beginning to separate with science becoming more secular Uh, but kellogg was determined that they could work together kellogg defended his views uh, using the heart as an example Uh, so quote the heart is a muscle the heart beats my arm will contract and cause the fist to beat. But it beats only when my will commands. But here is a muscle in the body that beats when I am asleep. It beats when my will is inactive and I am utterly unconscious. It keeps on beating all the time. What will is it that causes this heart to beat? The heart cannot beat once without a command. To me it is a most wonderful thing that a man's heart goes on beating it does not beat by means of my will for I cannot stop the heart's beating or make it beat faster or slower by commanding it by my will but there is a will that controls the heart it is the divine will that causes it to beat and in the beating of that heart that can you feel as you put your hand upon your breast or as you put your finger against the pulse an evidence ...of the divine presence that we have within us. That God is within. That there is an intelligence, a power, a will within... ...that is commanding the functions of our bodies and controlling them. End quote. So the heart beats because God? Yes, so you're saying, um, I can contract my fist... ...but it only contracts because I will it to, I tell it to. I can't tell my heart to stop or start beating... So who's doing that? It must be God. Um that's a massive fucking jump. Is isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean I can kind of get where he's going. He's saying he's he's saying if if I if, if it is my will and we will translate the word will to thought, if it is my thought that is making my f- my fist clench. Uh, why can't I do that with my heart? If my heart is the thing that pumps the body, uh, pumps the blood around the body that's keeping me alive, why can't I control that? Oh, it must be something other that controls it. Or well, what other will slash thought could be doing that? Must be God's will slash thought. God is therefore keeping my heart pumping. I'm going to give him the benefit
1: of the doubt because this was like a long time ago. So the yeah, it's, it's before
0: 1900s. So yeah, maybe give him the benefit yeah. of the doubt. Uh, but it but, also but... would suggest that God decides when the heart stops beating.
1: But that's bollocks because you can remove the heart from someone's body and it can carry on beating for a little while. Yeah. As long as the heart has oxygen, it will beat. Like, that's what a heart does. It has its own fucking electrical system.
0: It does, yeah. It is an interesting thing. It, it's this, 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 because God.
1: Yeah, that that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you can't argue against that because if you, the second you say, oh, no, that's not true, they'll be like, well, prove it. Prove that God's not doing that. And, like, immediately you're again fucking against a wall because they won't accept anything else.
0: Well, yeah, there's a reason why in a court of law you don't prove why someone didn't do something, you prove that someone did do something. Does
1: that make yeah, sense? Exactly. Like, you the have to have enough evidence to... to
0: suggest that the person did said thing you're accusing them of. You don't have to prove they didn't. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah it's 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 impossible arguing with them
0: yeah i mean i i, I actually sort of uh i was talking to someone who i used to go to university with. she was very deeply religious and we used to have really really interesting conversations obviously i'm very anti i'm just not i'm not religious in any way shape or form and i would love to try and be uh but i, I just for some reason can't where well, she was diehard opposite and i said well what about you know creating the world in seven days genesis story in that and she was like well uh yeah okay maybe it's a bit of a stretch to say seven days or whatever and all this sort of stuff and it just popped up and that and i actually did sort of try and also like a little bit help her and defend it and said um you know what if one day to god is like a billion years or like three billion years to what us would be does that make sense yeah so you know okay he did it all in six days and on the seventh day rested what if those six days in equivalent to human years is you know 13 billion years i don't know you can have that one They're for free, that, everyone.
1: Like, the 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 lifespan of Earth is entirely dependent on the Sun, and I think the Sun is halfway through its life cycle, mm. which is like eight billion. So I think in like four billion, I, I might have got the numbers wrong, but in a few billion years, when the Sun dies, Earth will die.
0: Mm.
1: Unless we've wiped ourselves out first, which is more than likely.
0: Yeah. But when that happens, they'll just rewrite the book and say, well, he did it with a flood once, uh, and that didn't work, so this time he's going to just blow it up. Literally, there literally won't be anyone to write that book. <laughs> yeah, they will. We'll be off on like Deep Space Nine, just like floating around in another galaxy.
1: Thanks to science. Thanks to science.
0: <laughs> anyway, back to the pod. In 1902, the Battle Creek Sanatorium was destroyed by a fire this was a huge blow to Kellogg who loved practicing there more and more people were beginning to visit for treatments and he immediately wanted to uh, resort uh, back to building it better and bigger and better than it was but the church owned it so uh, the Adventists they actually owned the building and they were not keen on having it rebuilt Uh, the head of the church Ellen she claimed that a cleansing sword of fire destroyed the resort for becoming too worldly and business minded, which obviously was very unhappy with Kellogg he was not happy with that at all. He loved practicing there and, you know, it's almost like he almost it's like he got away from sort of the, 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 the grasp of the, the group and the community and was able to sort of stretch his wings a little bit and then they went, No, come back. Where do you think you're going? Mm. Now, Kellogg must not have got the memo on this because he and the board elected to rebuild the resort, making it bigger and better, and it was huge. This place had 30 buildings on 30 acres of land. It had a hospital, nursing school, it employed over 800 people, it had a food company, uh, marble floors all around, and a 14 story tower uh, imposing over the whole thing. So what kinds of treatments might you expect from Dr Kellogg at his famous sanatorium or san as it was affectionately known? So Kellogg was a strong believer in fresh air, which is such an old school doctor thing. I recommend, yeah. I, I prescribe fresh air and walks.
1: <laughs> it's like when did you ever like have the school nurse that no matter what was wrong with you, you'd go there, she'd be like, oh, have a cup of water, you'll be fine. Yes, have a cup of water no go what back. what
0: was wrong? Yeah, have a cup of water and go back. And if you feel ill, come back.
1: I broke my leg, oh, have a cup of water. I was like, fuck off. Yeah.
0: No. Like, I, I always had that. Although, I'm, I'm pretty certain that they would sort of, they were always, they knew that kids were just going to try and pour a fast one. So they were always like, well, have some water go back to class and if you still feel ill in about an hour in your next session, come back. Because then it was like, you now have to put in more effort, which I was more than happy to do. (laughs) I I never,
1: once I was in school, I never like skived off. I'd always power through the day. Well, more so because
0: you're with your friends at that point.
1: Exactly, but I'd started off before school. That's
0: when I Yes, always before school, never really during school unless you knew you got a really crap class coming up. I had a problem. My mum was a school nurse, so um uh, I couldn't get away with hardly anything. If ever I felt sick in the morning, it was go to school. If you feel really bad, you'll come home. <laughs> it was never like, yeah ooh, ooh, you poor thing, you poor thing." My mum was just like, "Yeah, I've seen this before. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine." <laughs> but you don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually, at one point, I I, well, I think I was in year 10, um, and a friend of mine in food tech tried to make, like, a fruit smoothie, and this thing was absolutely vile, and I was sat in my form after lunch break, and he was like, oh, Ryan, do you want to try the smoothie? And I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So I tried it. I'll tell you, it was disgusting, so bad, I just spat it out, and I managed to... How can you make a fruit smoothie? That I don't know. not hard. I don't know, but, like, we're 14, so you can do whatever you want in it i don't even know what was in it no. but i ended up spilling half it down my blazer jacket uh and it smelled like vomit and it looked like it and all i was like "Well, this is my opportunity so i said to my form tutor i said oh miss thomas sorry i've, I've been sick <laughs> down myself and did you get to go home i went to the doctor's uh, the, the nurse's office i was like i really i'm sorry i've been sick down my, my blazer but i feel really sick she was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sit down, sit down." She rang my mum, and she was like, "No, yeah, he has got sick on his blazer jacket." And my mum came pick me up. Cracking! I oh, know. You it. saw
1: the opportunity and you took it.
0: Took it. Um, so yeah, this place was massive, right? And you could get a shitload of treatments in it. And fresh air was obviously he was a keen believer in fresh air, exercise, and hygiene. There is a reason why he has marble floors everywhere. It's because marble floors are super easy to clean. Yeah, you just mop them. Just mop them and they will come up sparkling. You can get stuff embedded in them. They're just clean. He was like a germaphobe almost, but not to the point of like Nikola Tesla. We had Nikola Tesla who would go for like 12 napkins just to eat his dinner. Yeah. He's not that bad. Um, But he uh, also believed in having a good diet rich in fiber for good bowel movements like whole grains Ooh. and nuts it's all about well. the poo so so far so bad so far it's not too bad at all okay so far so good is the phrase some other treatments you could expect would be found in the sanctum sanatorium a room a room filled with enema machines
1: i recognize the word but you'll have to explain
0: okay Enema machines all sat waiting to plug up your bum and empty you out
1: Yep, yeah. yeah that's probably why i didn't know that that's something i don't feel like i needed to know that's horrendous
0: <laughs> yes um yeah enemas are quite re- relatively common if you've got like i don't know issues you can um, uh, shove a bit up there and it just clears out your arsehole completely clears no. it out yeah it's you a uh, you're Looking to have a bit of fun up that way, that's where you that's where you want to be going. Uh down the enema right. road. Now you know. Now you know, if you ever need to, now you know. So, um Kellogg believed that everyone should have four bowel movements a day. What? I don't know if you're willing to share, but I only have one bowel movement a day.
1: One a day. One, one a, a day. day.
0: Four a day. Now if I have four in a day, I assume something's wrong with me. Right, I know. Four bowel movements a day. I'm gonna put that down to everyone just having a poor diet. He's eating too much fibre, it's just he's gotta get it out. So I, I had this conversation with some
1: friends a while back and like it does vary person to person, but I think the the main number is between one and two a
0: day. Yeah, I think so. That's that's about normal. I don't understand people that have one in the morning and one at night. I'm a very regular man. No,
1: I I'm like clockwork. I'm I'm usually probably like eight, nine ish at night.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a me time. That's a me time. That's that's me getting my phone out. I can sit there yeah, for about exactly. 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I get, like, a text from Emma um, just saying, uh, have you fallen down the toilet? I'm like, no, I'm in a meeting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then you get up and, like, your legs hurt and they've gone dead. Oh, and... that's
0: how I know when to get up, when my legs turn into, like, static on the telly. Yeah. That's when you know you're done. So, he believes that you need to have four bowel movements a day. If you're still having trouble, he would add... Uh, yogurt to your diet okay that's supposed to help and if that yeah. if that wasn't working guess what the enema was then filled up with i dread to think <laughs> uh that yogurt you didn't eat <laughs> oh so he's putting yogurt up your ass <laughs> yeah you got to get it in somewhere
1: but that doesn't oh damn <laughs> yeah
0: now have some yogurt and you're like I, just, I really can't i'm fed up with the yogurt all right fine bend over, I'm going to put it up there instead. He literally You're going to have shoved yogurt. it
1: up his ass. Ar- so the phrase, yeah, I'm going to shove it up yogurt. your ass," he, he meant yeah. it and did it.
0: Yeah, he literally, he'd fill enemas up of yoghurt and shove that right up. Yeah, and that apparently would really properly clear you up. I suppose because yoghurt is full of bacteria, I suppose. Uh, maybe that's somewhat yeah, good bacteria. I yeah, don't know.
1: yoghurt is good for you as long as you eat it through your mouth <clears throat> and let it come out your arse the other way. <laughs> yeah,
0: as long as, yeah, as long as your body actually digests it, yeah. not just skips that whole process.
1: Be careful what you're putting up your arsehole.
0: Mm. So Kellogg uh, was one of the first to bring in light therapy, which uses a light bath. Uh, this is basically like um, basically like a sunbed. It's a cabinet with a chair in the middle and light bulbs layering the walls of the cabinet. They're not UV bulbs by any means. They're just light bulbs. you just sat in a very bright room. <laughs> uh, this was supposed to cure things like syphilis. I don't know, Al.
1: I don't think he, he really knew what he
0: was doing. Yeah, man. I love this era of medicine when people are just like, yeah, it does that. And you're like, have you got any proof? Nah.
1: <laughs> I was speaking to my brother yesterday about like uh, medieval like medical practices and stuff. And say they were like getting like a flesh wound out of someone who'd been stabbed. They'd like clean it up yeah. or whatever. And like the doctors would always make a mess because they just fucking didn't know what they were doing in those days. And they'd let maggots eat the flesh that they'd like messed up, which obviously oh, is yeah. a really fucking bad thing to do. But they'd just put maggots in wounds because they thought they'd clean it and get rid of the bad flesh.
0: Do they not do that though? I thought maggots did eat flesh. Yeah, but you don't want to put them in an open wound. Right, okay, okay. It's leeches, isn't it? It's leeches you put on stuff.
1: Leeches suck out... Yeah, that's still bollocks as well. Leeches suck out the bad blood, as the fucking script would say. But yeah. Leeches...
0: Do you know they still use leeches
1: today though? Yeah, but like... (sighs) I'm sure there was times where they'd like put leeches on someone and then they'd go away for a night, come back in the morning and find that the leeches had literally drained people and like they'd just be dead because the leeches would have taken far too much i'm sure there's like i saw something many fucking like.
0: leeches are you putting on someone they would
1: just fucking empty them it wouldn't be one or two it would be <laughs> fucking like jars and jars say, full
0: that's a big fucking leech yeah it'd be
1: loads of leeches uh, oh, like, right. to cure headaches they'd fucking like drill holes in people's heads which I do understand because like I've that is it...
0: called trepanning and it's not for headaches it's like I think that's an old stone age thing like even like I think cavemen used to do trepanning I get, th- I get the logic like have you ever had a
1: tension headache and it just feels yeah, it's, like it's you pressure. need to fucking release something
0: yeah like and yeah, it feels feel like, like heads in a vice
1: and it feels like if you fucking put a hole in there like it would like, be like tsss, and everything would like kind of pour out and you'd feel better like I get the logic but obviously it's dumb as fuck
0: yeah. Well, weirdly though, that people survived it.
1: Yeah, because they'd have um, what? Oh, what's the procedure that they used to do with mental patients, where they'd like p- uh, jab you through the whole like the your eye lobotomies. Lobotomies. Yeah, like people survived that, which is just fucked.
0: Yeah, I don't. Know. I
1: and they be like, oh, you're cured. They're not that. crazy anymore. It's like, yeah, they're not crazy because they're fucking brain dead. All they can do is sit there and drool.
0: They're Zombies. Yeah. That reminds me. I watched Shutter Island the other day. It's good film. That really good film. Loved it. So, amongst the uh, yogurt enemas and the light baths, which will cure your syphilis, don't ask why or how, he also used electricity. Because, of course, he did. He's a doctor in the 1900s. Small currents apply to the skin and, in some cases, directly to the eyeball. New. No. This is a man who has invented your Kellogg's Frosties, everyone. <laughs> Electrocuting people's eyeballs and shoving yoghurt at people's asses. Yes. Uh, got diarrhoea, a skin condition, mental illness, have a bath for several months, coming out like a prune. That's not a lie. But he would literally put you in a bath and you could be sat there for literal days. Surely that's bad for you you'd get all bloated and like horrible wouldn't you? i would have thought so you know they have dead bodies in like rivers and they're like oh he's been there too long he's bloated
1: they're they're bloated as fuck like it's horrible yeah really not nice
0: yeah weird he was just like have a bath a bath will cure your mental illness
1: oh we should all try that then
0: which is what i definitely need to do the next time i'm having a bit of a down day and just have a bath
1: yeah i mean they do help they are relaxing for like i don't know 20 minutes
0: yeah, I can understand the relaxing part of a bath, but I'm not sure it's got anything that's going to cure my diarrhea.
1: No, there's no healing qualities
0: to it. No, it's just me sat in my and unless dirty water. Unless you've got,
1: unless you've got like muscle aches, in which case there are healing qualities.
0: There are there. Now, the weirdest one would be his views on quotes solitary vice. Now, obviously, we've heard some weird ones, but this is the weirdest one. You want to take a guess at what? solitary vice means
1: solitary vice well solitary i'm assuming they're alone yeah and a vice to me is something that you put something in to like hold it tight
0: rethink vice um if i was to say like uh grand theft auto vice city what would vice mean in that sense
1: oh fuck i've completely forgotten
0: okay vice is something's a bit naughty a bit bad you shouldn't really be doing it you indulge in your vice
1: oh oh! we brought up masturbation earlier didn't we
0: masturbation yes yeah. that's exactly where we're going with this yes he believed that masturbation led to things like heart disease and even in some cases insanity which means it's one of those it's like you haven't done it have you
1: and this bloke right didn't have sex either didn't even touch his wife so no, he, no. his balls must have been dragging across the ground
0: <laughs> yeah oh he's probably come off he's probably disgusted with him um that's yeah this is, so this, is, this is now a man who has no sexual experience in any way shape or form and he's telling other people who have had sexual experiences that if you masturbate um, on your own you could become insane or have heart disease but masturbating has like good things about it, it, it like it's releases endorphins doesn't it
1: yeah and also like you need to do it to like <laughs> like release like the fucking sperm that you're creating like, I think it's I medically advised to wank at least like once a week. I'm sure. Is that right? Yeah. You've got to empty out the chamber.
0: I didn't think blue balls was like a thing. I thought it was just a joke that men use to get women to do stuff.
1: No, I swear, I swear it's medically advised. I don't know if it's once a week, I might have made that, but it's medically advised to, like, wank occasionally.
0: Interesting. Okay. Right, well, i better start then. Uh... <laughs> yeah, um, just get rid of it somehow. Get rid of it somehow. Well, yeah, I don't understand this. To stop these men suffering chronically just for the enjoyment of a few minutes he would have young men bound for long periods until their desire to choke the chicken went away if that didn't work you can put a cage or like a chastity belt on if that didn't work he could and did circumcise you without anesthetic in the hopes that the pain you felt during the horrific operation will prevent you from touching it ever again Yeah, probably. This is a man who created our beloved cornflakes. What What the fuck is happening here? This is a man who, when you go to grab your box of cereal in the morning, his name is plastered all over the box. And this man was so, like, anti-fucking masturbation, he would make you wear chastity belts, um make you just tie you up until you're no know, longer horny which i imagine for some people would make them more horny and if that didn't work he would just cut parts of your dick off with that anesthetic so that I hope that the pain would stop you touching it ever again he's a weird guy man he's a weird dude isn't he girls were not exempt from this either but by the way you want to flick the bean kellogg has acid for that excuse me <laughs> yes drops of acid basically kill kill the clitoris make it basically not as responsive as it was before so that you've no need to fucking flick away at it
1: this dude is your good guy week yeah yes (laughs) right we might have to re-fucking think that he's like
0: he's like you know how we've said before it's like good people do bad things bad people sometimes do good things this is kind of one of those it's gray
1: yeah bear in mind. well bear in mind. he's putting acid on people's vaginas so yes
0: yes but also i will i will carry it with this he's not joseph mengele he's not doing this necessarily like to eradicate a people he genuinely is like one of these doctors who thinks that it's he's he's a doctor with a sort of a weird um uh ideology pushing forward his methods so that he thinks he's genuinely doing good and he thinks this is all medical treatments that will help you but it's like it's, it, nowadays, we look at it and go, that's fucking horrific.
1: Yeah, but he was also forcing his beliefs on
0: people. Uh, to some degree as well. People are paying him for this, bear in mind. He's not forcing Which... them to do this.
1: Yeah, I guess, okay, I guess, yeah.
0: That, that, that's something I do. I will have to sort of defend him on that. People are literally coming to his clinic and paying for these treatments. They, are, I think they're very aware of what's going to happen. But, of well, they're course, dumb as fuck as they well. are going to have to have a consultation with him... And he's going to tell them this stuff and they have to believe that. So he's saying... So these like, these
1: guys got their way, right, and everyone in the world believed this, humanity would stop because no one would fucking touch each other.
0: Oh, almost certainly, yeah. It, w- it would eventually sort of die out, wouldn't it? Which I suppose David Attenborough would be really happy about.
1: <laughs> yeah, popula- overpopulation is a, is a crisis.
0: It definitely is. But... What's happening is, like, it's, it's clear, like, what's going on in here is, like, uh, there's been, like, guys coming up to... Bear in mind as well, John Harvey Kellogg loved seeing his patients. Like, he would pretty much see every patient that came through the door. He wasn't one of those directors that was just, like, oh, so many thousands of people have come through here and he has, he doesn't know who they are. Apparently, he, he was very, like, open and friendly and wanted to go talk to almost all the patients that came through his door. So he's probably seen them all at some point. But, like, you're you, in this instance, you've got guys coming up to him being, like, oh mr. mr 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 kellogg i just can't stop touching my dick i can't stop fucking having a go at it And he's like right okay we're gonna have to cut your dick off or like you know wear a chastity belt like, you know what i mean like these are probably people that are coming to him with i don't know addictions of sorts or you know can't stop masturbating or something and he, this is he's like bizarre way of fixing that um maybe there's a woman in this instance like i said that you know he's got acid drops that you could drop onto the vagina of the woman so that it's basically less sensitive so that they're less likely to have a go at it because it's not going to get him much enjoyment um, this is clearly like a time where women are more oppressed and they can't be sexually expressive in any way really so maybe the woman we, we women who are coming to him feel bad and guilty for you know being horny and he's like obviously anti-sex anyway. So he was like well, Right, I'll sort that out for you
1: don't feel guilty for being horny.
0: No, don't feel guilty for being horny. Don't do it. In fact, indulge it. Have a go. Enjoy yeah. it. If, explore yourself. Uh, but it, so, yes, I did mention yeah, there is acid for the old, um, the old lady garden, if you are too fond of it. Um, but alongside that, there was the good old FGM, or female genital mutilation. So instead of just acid drops on the old uh, clitoris, um, he could just basically mutilate your fanny cut bits off that don't need to be there which obviously still happens in some parts of the country and some parts of the world which is horrific um or to make you less sexually active which is yeah, awful it's
1: a big problem especially in africa isn't it
0: yeah man it's quite it's quite it's still there it's still going on please stop doing that I, that's what people do is very anti-fgm i can pack that in leave women alone yeah um so this is Fully the kind of shit virgins and those who don't like sex think about, right? This is what they want to do. People like, you know, God Botherers and the Pope. People who don't or haven't had sex telling people to have it and how to have sex. It's like, it'd be like me wandering into NASA and telling them how to terraform Mars ready for humans to live on. <laughs> it's it, like, it's even closer to home though, you know? Uh, coronavirus. Like and telling
1: doctors how to do their jobs. Yeah, literally,
0: coronavirus, Ooh. right? You, you, you've got experts telling you what to do daily, but the true experts, i.e. Gary from Stoke, thinks that toilet paper is what you really need, you know?
1: Yeah, and all the Americans that are protesting coronavirus, which, like...
0: Oh, my God, the United States of Karen, what are you doing? You what know, is it happening? sounds bad
1: because there's a lot of Americans that are really nice people, but I genuinely think it's in the best interest of the rest of the world if we stop all travel to and from America until they sort themselves out. <laughs> like, they're fucking dumb. Like, they are so dumb, it hurts
0: yes uh like, like like yeah like you said there are it's the it's the the loudest minority isn't it it's the loudest minority that are letting you all down guys
1: it, it is it's a massive shame but the fact that there's a certain sense of arrogance with it as well yeah that, um, I, I feel like the rest if you are american listening it might be an interesting insight to see how the rest of the world views you the rest of the world started laughing at you and now we're just sad
0: it, genuinely like we're we, we're approaching the twenty thousand death mark in the UK uh, as of today. Where well, I think eighteen thousand in hospital deaths we've had was announced today yeah. at the time of recording on the twenty second. America, I believe you're you're up there as well. You've got similar numbers, I believe, or you're coming up to it anyway. Um,
1: and you've got a president that supports ending lockdown. Yeah, well, some of your beaches
0: in Florida have opened already. Like, I don't understand how you can't take that seriously and you're standing on your streets going, we're free people. Yeah, we all are, but would you not like to live as a free person rather than die as one?
1: Yeah, I'd like to live as a free person in a few months when we can. Crazy. I'll happily take this time to save other people's lives.
0: It's literally there to save yourself and others. Like, there is no other two ways about it. You know, if you want to continue living free and running around with your guns like stay at home and survive honestly
1: so dumb man aren't aren't Americans
0: uh, American listeners if this is true let us know you guys are the biggest for preppers right you guys have all got doomsday bunkers and stuff why aren't you sitting in them
1: yeah I saw a I saw a tweet earlier being like America are the most well like prepared country individually for like doomsday scenarios and yet they're the main country that are still losing their fucking minds that they can't go to Cheesecake Factory
0: excellent love that
1: (laughs) It's just like you've been preparing for this, and the second it happens, you just lose your shit, and the rest of the world goes, "Yeah, it's okay. Well, we'll we'll deal with it."
0: Yeah. Um. Well, back to Kellogg. Although he has got some odd thinking, at least he offered help to those who couldn't afford it. So yeah like if you couldn't afford he'd come up with like healthcare plans and like you know the prices could fluctuate so even like the poorest of the poor they could come and they can get treatment of some sorts at his clinics so if anything you can argue he's helped more people in that sense, he's like you know people generally maybe they've come in with a broken arm or they've like hurt themselves or maybe cut their head open something like that. Like they'll do that sort of stuff as well. It is a hospital a running hospital as well? But he has own, he has his own clinic. And bear in mind, you did say as well, people that go there and fucking stupid. Um, remember? Yeah, I, he means well. I did. I did also put. I think at the beginning of the episode, Henry, Henry Ford is one of the people that would go to this place and receive. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I was looking for now? I've lost the word. I've completely lost the word. Um, I don't
1: know, foreskin removal?
0: Yes, he went there and he he did receive some of these things that he was offering. So um, there are some famous people that went. Um, So let's get into the reason this sexless godly man's name is plastered on my breakfast cereal, okay? Um, Remember, the Seventh Day lot are vegetarians, believing that eating healthy gets you closer to God and Kellogg was still into that, of course. His ideal was to have people be veggies and eat healthy. Things like natural growing fruit, vegetables, nuts, grains. Uh, Where do you begin when trying to implement a cultural shift in the way that we eat? Uh, Remember at that time, people were just eating like, you know, what they had for dinner last night, just recooked. Um, But as he wants people to eat, um, you know, all these lovely healthy things. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Oh, this is what I'm going to get to. During Kellogg's time, breakfast was usually the night before leftovers, reheated meat and potatoes, uh, you know, like leftover pizza, which is the best thing in the world. Um, Ke- yeah. Kellogg wanted to create a breakfast that was easy to prepare and easy on the bowels. Remember, Kellogg, Kellogg is the Gillian McKeith of his day, like, let me see you poo, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He experimented for years trying to create foods that were easy on the stomach, um, you know, that suited the requirements of his faith. But most importantly was bland and now they have to emphasize yeah, like, the I'm, word i'm
1: literally looking i'm literally looking at a list of Kellogg cereals now and apart from like Cocoa pops and uh crave and whatever most of the shit is very bland
0: yeah yeah exactly apart from the odd uh, frosties Cocoa pops all that sort of stuff but even frosties are still bland well i, I like the sugary bits on it um but but yeah guess, you're yeah, right for the most part be quite nice at times yes you're right for the most part like cornflakes it's like fruit and nut it's it the idea is it's supposed to be relatively healthy cereal.
1: Yeah, Even Rice Krispies are fucking bland. Oh, it's crap, is
0: it? Uh, but then there's a reason, right? So the whole point was to make the food as bland as possible as to not overstimulate oneself. And it's exactly what you right. think. Who's wanking over food?
1: Um, sometimes I'll have a moment of, oh, fuck, that's amazing, but it's, n- it's not in a sexual way.
0: No, no. When like you have a good steak... And you're like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. But you don't actually, you know, whack one off.
1: No intention of, yeah, jacking
0: off over. Not one. into the, not into the peppercorn sauce. It's, it's just not. No, done. that'd be weird. Um, but he initially created. So yeah, he's got this idea that if food was just too exciting, too nice, too like, oh yeah, it's gonna make you overly horny. <laughs>
1: I disagree because say if I have like a big steak meal for something and then I'll have like I don't know a cheesecake to follow and everything tastes amazing, usually I'll eat so much that I physically don't want to be intimate.
0: Hundred percent. Overeating. Whereas is if the best I way. have
1: a bowl of cornflakes, for example, I'll be like, Well, I feel light and healthy. Yeah. And I would be able to I'd be able to perform. I don't think he's thought this to No, drink. he's done it
0: the wrong way around. He should have made people as fat as fuck so they can't fuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, make portions huge, make it really fucking heavy.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, so so uh, he initially created uh, granula, which consisted of a mixture of wheat, oats and corn baked at a high temperature, then broken into crumbs. Now, granula needed a name change when a guy called James Jackson had already bought the rights to the name granula. So Kellogg changed it to granola. <laughs>
1: I do like granola.
0: Yeah, I like granola bars.
1: Yeah, even like if you get like a bowl of granola and like smother it in honey. Oh, that's a good idea. Or like syrup. Yeah, really nice. But
0: what we're all here for is the cornflake. That's why we're listening to this episode. It's most famous when one. I when when we put out this episode, John Harvey Kellogg and I put up the social media and you went, oh, what new episode have that's what people do got? Oh, John Harvey Kell. Oh, cornflakes. That's why we're here. So let's get on to it, okay? The blandest fucking cereal on the planet, level with shredded I wheat. Don't,
1: I, don't, I don't know anyone that buys cornflakes. No, and
0: if you have cornflakes, what do you do? You smother that shit in sugar.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: I get the biggest spoon I have and I give it a good two dunks.
1: <laughs> and if you don't eat them quick enough, they go so soggy.
0: Yeah, they're crap, man. Anyway. But I suppose that's the point. The whole point with the cereal has to be quick. You've got to grab it. Go. It's easy, mate. Easy to prepare. Easy to... Quick to eat. Get up. Go. No, it's like fucking about with last night's dinner, which is really bad for you. So how they made it is kind of shrouded in myth with Kellogg, okay? So his brother, Will, and wife, Ella, all claim they have a bigger impact on the creation of the cereal, okay? So the story goes that in 1894, Kellogg and his brother, Will, left on the counter Wheat berry dough, okay? Now, overnight, this wheat berry dough went stale. And when found in the morning, Kellogg decided to have it pressed and rolled and then baked into a new flaky cereal, and thus it was born, right? Yeah. So, Kellogg's brother, Will, was tasked with marketing the cereal. It was a hit selling thousands of boxes. It was quick and easy to prepare, albeit a bit bland. But Will, the brother, had an idea for that. He wanted to add sugar to the cereal to jazz it up a bit. But his brother Kellogg was having none of it. And the, this, this caused the brothers to completely fall out. And then Will made his own company, the Battle Creek Toasted Corn Flake Company. Now, what is it with Victorian early 20th century companies and their fucking ridiculously long names? I said this yeah, about needs the to be sanatorium. Short snappy. short, snappy. You've made everything about the cereal quick. You've made the preparation quick. You've made the eating quick. You've made it all like easy to do, except for the sodding name. Imagine that. Yeah. The whole idea was to make it quick and easy to prepare, and then you go, "What what breakfast cereal would you like?" And then you've got to waste time saying, "Oh, I'd like the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company cereal, please." <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Why am I wasting time saying that? To give me cornflakes, you know. So will the brother would go on to essentially run the company himself kellogg tried to sell the cereal himself but brother will sued brother kellogg and won I this thought. is like a this is like a mythical greek story um Kellogg would continue to work at his sanatorium, known for wearing his brilliant Daz White suit with a cockatoo on his shoulder. Which is a really interesting little fun fact. He had a cockatoo mm. pet and he wore it on his shoulder all the time. Um, so, yeah, um, they've created the cereals but it's the brother that actually won the company and has taken it away and he's basically running it himself and Kellogg's just gone well, fuck it, I'll go back to shoving yoghurt up people's bums then. And um, in 1907 Kellogg and his beloved church came to blows again. They believed he was using church funds for medical research and educational needs rather than spending it on spreading the message and converting more people. And thus, he was actually expelled from the church. But who oh needs a church when you've got your own pimp ass sanatorium with yoga enemas? Basically, yeah. what frubs are now. But don't use <laughs> them for that, okay? Don't use them as any. Yeah, what please. the
1: best thing to do with rubes is put them on the floor, wait for someone to walk past and fucking stamp on one end of it so it spurts out the other end and covers them in yoghurt. Endless fun. Used to do that in school so much. And if you got hit by one, your day was ruined.
0: Oh, mate, that, that stuff stinks when it dries.
1: Yeah, funny though, really funny. Looks like it if you get them in the right place.
0: <laughs> so, um, Kellogg got more stuck into his medical education, um learning more about the abdomen with classes in London and Vienna, uh, honing his skills as a surgeon specialising in abdominal surgeries, and he would go on to perform around 22,000 operations by the time he stopped doing it at the age of 88. Bloody hell. Do you really want an 87-year-old John Harvey Kellogg doing an operation on you?
1: Yeah, Mr. Shaky Hands.
0: Mr. Fucking Shaky Hands, yeah, with his four bowel movements going, oh, I've got to go again. Like, no, <laughs> I don't want that. Um, he would also go on to help fund and build schools dedicated to nursing, hygiene, and home economics. Okay. He wrote something in the region of 50 books on health and issued some of the first warnings on smoking. Is
1: so Yeah, did good things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not me. This is where, like, I'm having, I'm finding people now that are more in that gray area, which I find more interesting. Like, there's a bit bad, a bit good. Like, we've, we've got a few people that are just like almost wholly good. They've done really cool things. And it's like, yeah, that's fun and that. And those people should be respected and applauded. But it's fun when someone's done something a bit weird. And you're like, I'm not sure, actually. Now, he would go on to co fund. um... Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes more grey. Fifty shades right, of them. Okay. Um, he would go on to co-found the Race Betterment Foundation. Can you guess what that's about? Mm, say it's, it again? It's called the Race Betterment Foundation. Race Betterment Foundation? Yes, Race Betterment Foundation.
1: Uh, this is either going to be really good, like he's trying to help minorities, or it's going to be completely the completely the other way, and he's going to
0: be like pro white mm. like So it is an organization with the sole intention of maintaining the superiority of certain races by selective breeding. Oddly white people Yes. Oddly, several of his adoptive children were of other races. Although it is in an archive that some of his children are quote undesirables.
1: Ah. Yes, yes. He was a racist.
0: Yes, it appears that he was some sort of a racist and a bit of a eugenic- eugenicist as well. He was in, yeah. like, into like selective breeding and that sort of stuff. Like pe- Certain people should only be breeding with other certain people, that kind of thing. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, Kellogg's Sanatorium was the hub of his thoughts. It's like his kingdom, isn't it? It's his castle. He's the king of it. It's a facility in the US dedicated to eugenics taking up around 30 years of his life thinking this over, right, he believed that excluding certain humans from breeding would improve humanity overall. Well, this sounds like the thinking of a nutjob Nazi, Um, you know, where you think they went with that, eh? (laughs) Um, Mm. But it had all too real ramifications, Kellogg was on the Board of Health at Michigan State and was able to pass a law that allowed for the sterilization of "quotes mentally defective persons. This, le- this law led to the involuntary sterilization of nearly 4,000 people in the state alone and this law would continue up until 1977. Interesting. Uh, I'm not yeah gray huh so kellogg believed that stopping certain humans from breeding and allowing only desirable humans to reproduce would end all the wrongs of the world like poverty criminality and feeble-mindedness
1: so he's basically saying that black people are criminals and dumb Uh, and poor i'm not going to say just not, I'm not say yeah, this. other minorities, like black people, probably Hispanics as well, if he's in America. Yeah,
0: I'm going to assume that other minorities come under that umbrella as well, but also um, other people with maybe mental illness or some sort of uh, men- uh, mentally challenged people, um, many people yeah. sort of like learning difficulties of the sorts, those sort of people. He was like, well, if we just take them out the gene pool, that betters humanity, right? Um, it's not how it works. It's definitely not how it works. So his sanatorium even hosted a, quote better baby contest and proposed a worldwide register whereby people would be given quotes pedigrees. Oh dear. Yeah, man, there's actually pictures of this. You can find pictures of the better baby contest and it is loads of like women there with their children. And they're literally like, it's a contest to see who had like the, the perfect child of, of, and then I suppose there'd be like measurements and stuff to be like, Oh, this child is like the perfect offspring, that kind of stuff. Like, um, and he genuinely, so believed, he genuinely believed that, like, in his ideal world, certain humans would be selected to breed and others wouldn't. And then those people That's would...
1: exactly what Hitler did.
0: Yeah, almost, pretty much, yeah. And then, like, uh, among those people, they'd be split again even more down into pedigrees. Then you know, you'd be like, well, oh, this this person's of the top tier pedigree. They're the perfect person for breeding with. You can't breed with other people lesser than you. Yeah, it's very Nazi thinking, isn't it? And this is way before Nazis. Yeah, very Nazi, Nazi thinking. Way before Nazis. This is, like, this isn't even World War II. Uh, World War I, sorry.
1: But he gave us cornflakes. Actually, it, so it would have been, it been. It would have been. I bad. think
0: it might have been just after the the, the First World War because eugenics was uh, a thought then. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all a bit weird. And I'm not sure I want to condemn the guy too badly. Okay, he got wrapped up in some religious lifestyle without his consent as a child. And you're going to be pretty susceptible to other beliefs, aren't you? Plus, we can throw out the man of the time here. I feel like that's going to be our sort of, you know, term for what a lot of historical people we cover, um, is he man of the time.
1: Yeah, but I think a lot of people were, but they didn't fucking have competitions about who can have the perfect child.
0: Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Um yeah, yeah, but anyway, the man who helped to invent the cornflake, John Harvey Kellogg, would die aged 91 on December the 14th. 1943 of pneumonia. Oh,
1: dear.
0: Uh, Kellogg's today is arguably the most famous breakfast cereal company in the world. It's like the Coca Cola of breakfasts. Yeah. They've got uh, Cocoa Pops, Crunchy Nut, Brown Flakes, Corn Flakes, Frosties, Fruit Fiber, Crave, Rice Krispies, Neutral Grain, Special K. It is huge. They do
1: Pop Tarts as well.
0: Yeah, uh, and they do Pop Tarts. So if you like your Potarts, it's fine. Tell you, you what, he'd be spinning uh, in
1: his grave with all this sugar going on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he hated all the sugar. He, Kellogg's today is so full of sugar, he'd be like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? My yeah. sugar is stimulating and exciting people too much.
1: Yeah, fucking, especially with Crave. Like, that shit is crazy.
0: Yeah, man. But I love it, and I'm probably going to have a bowl of cereal after this yeah. recording. Probably a bowl of frosted. I had Coke and Pops earlier, so I've already indulged. Excellent. Uh, so, and that is the story of John Harvey Kellogg and his weird, weird medical history and cereal.
1: What a weird guy Are you going from good to bad to good to bad?
0: I know, right? I told you it was weird. I, I, I messaged you and I was like, "This dude's weird. He's got some weird stuff." And it was like, "Oh, okay. It's really weird." I'm not sure how to feel. I know, right? I'm not going to get rushed to go get yogurt shoved up my bum anytime soon. No, or get a foreskin without
1: my uh, fore, foreskin. Get a circumcision without any anaesthetic.
0: Yeah, that's the bit that would fucking hurt, man.
1: Or hold a competition about who can have the perfect,
0: probably white baby. More than likely, yeah. More than likely white. So yes, uh, rather interesting grey area this man is. But he is also the man who brought us the most famous cereal brand there is, and the most popular cereal brand in the world. So um, for that, I'll say thank you, Mr. John Harvey Kellogg. For the rest, I'm going to say... Have a yeah. word. Um, have a word of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, brilliant. Next week. Next week It's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> on the next episode. Mem- like remember when? Do. Remember
1: when we did um, Michelle Carter, and we both uh, like knew what was going on, sort of.
0: Oh, with the documentary. Yeah, um...
1: I'm kind of going along the same thought process. I don't know if you know a lot about this, but if you do want to watch a documentary, it might be beneficial. Next week, we're going to cover Amanda Knox.
0: Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, and her trial and everything surrounding that.
0: Interesting. I I kind of know a little bit, but hardly anything at all. She, She was accused of
1: killing another backpacker in Italy in the early 2000s and was sentenced to jail and then got acquitted so woo, woo.
0: no way that's crazy okay brilliant oh man I look forward to that one alright then guys uh, look forward to that join us next week whilst we do that uh, make sure you hit us up on all the social media follow us on Instagram at that's what people do podcast follow us on Facebook if you have that instead at that's WPD and head over to Twitter where you will find us along the same uh, uh, title there at that's WPD or if not you can always drop us an email if you have anyone you'd like us to talk about or if you have any ideas or anything you'd like to share with us about the podcast uh, just generally generally send us an email at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com that's all the social media is done wonderful um, we've got next week's preview done I'm missing Amanda Knox look forward to that and that's about it yeah catch you next week brilliant see you later then bye